We welcome you back to Get Up on ESPN. I'm Mike Greenberg in New York with Dan Graziano, Dominique Foxworth, Mike Tannenbaum, and we have several others joining us this morning uh, as we continue to report on the aftermath of a very frightening night last night in the National Football League, something candidly unlike anything any of us have seen. It took place in the first quarter in Cincinnati last night of a game between the Bills and the Bengals. We are not going to show you the play that took place, but here is what followed immediately after Buffalo's DeMar Hamlin tackled Bengals receiver T. Higgins on a normal-looking play. Hamlin got to his feet after the tackle and then almost immediately fell to the ground. Very quickly, the Bills' training staff was on the field. They found Hamlin in cardiac arrest. They administered CPR. They were able to get his heart to start beating. Hamlin's Bills teammates and the coaching staff were clearly emotional watching the situation play out in front of them. Ultimately, Hamlin was taken off the field in an ambulance and transported to a Cincinnati hospital where he remains. The Bills coach Sean McDermott and the Bengals coach Zach Taylor met with game officials discussing next steps. The initial decision was to temporarily suspend the game. Then minutes later, they met again outside the locker room with game and NFL officials where it was decided that the game would be postponed. The latest update that we have on DeMar Hamlin's condition came at 1.48 a.m. Eastern time from the Buffalo Bills. And you see it here. DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest Following a hit in our game versus the Bengals, his heartbeat was restored on the field. He was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. Our Adam Schefter, of course, has been gathering as much information as is possible through the night and here into the morning. Shefty, I will just give you the floor. What can you tell us about what happened last night and what we know today? Well, Greeny, it was a chilling, sobering, frightening scene that we watched unfold in Cincinnati last night. Everybody was riveted to the TV, traumatized by what they saw, and just praying that DeMar Hamlin would be okay. Now, there was all sorts of information and things happening at that moment. Later, after midnight, the NFL held a conference call in which they said that playing that game really was not ever an option. I know there was some word that perhaps they could resume play after five minutes. The NFL said that was never the case, and I think somewhere along the way, there was some confusion over the fact that usually in certain games, in every game, there is some type of injury delay if something happens that's serious, and then they resume play. And somehow, I think that got translated into what happened. But the fact of the matter is the NFL maintains that it never considered playing that game last night. And obviously, it elicited reactions across the league. As you mentioned, social media is the place for everybody to speak up. And there was not a person in the football community, in the sports community, really at the world at large, who are all tuned into this game of high stakes, pulling for and praying for DeMar Hamlin last night and waiting to see some sort of positive news that we went through through the night. Now, the NFL also talked about the fact that essentially every game is outfitted for some sort of trauma and emergency situation. And this was a horrible thing that unfolded last night. Both teams have vast medical staffs, and that is really one of the only saving graces there that you have so much medical attention on the scene that they were able to treat DeMar Hamlin and take him to the hospital. But it was unnerving. It was jarring. It was unsettling. It was frightening. It was all those things all wrapped up in one. It was one of those events, I believe, that people will always remember where they were and what they were doing when they were watching the game and who they were with when they saw this particular incident unfold, and basically everything stopped as it rightfully should have at that point in time. Most of the Bills went back to Buffalo last night. 
Some of them stayed behind to try to be with DeMar Hamlin, who we know was in the hospital. His mom also was there as well. We know that Zach Taylor at some point went there last night to the hospital. Various other people went to the hospital. And everybody, everybody is pulling for and praying for DeMar Hamlin this morning, Greeny. Shefty, stay with me for a moment, if you will. Mike Tannenbaum, I would come to you here as Shefty is talking about the vast medical resources that are available at every game. And for those who just joined us, it was about an hour ago that you were sharing from your long experience as a general manager in two different places in the National Football League that these scenarios are actually rehearsed, that th there is extensive planning that goes into the possibility of something like this taking place. That's right, Green. There are practices and procedures that are prescribed by the league in conjunction with the Players Association. They're actually practiced and rehearsed not only in the offseason but in training camp. And I think an important word here, and Adam just alluded to because of the um, gravity of the situation, how quickly there was medical care, is the coordination between the home team and the visiting team. Obviously, Buffalo was the visiting team last night, and you could see there was great coordination between the Buffalo Bills medical staff and the Cincinnati Bengals staff. And to get DeMar to the hospital as quickly as possible, the actual the route of the ambulance it takes, all those things are rehearsed to give the players the best medical care possible. And, and so, Shefty, if, if I still have Adam here, just yeah. quickly, yeah. One, one last thought, Shefty, for you. And, and, and that is that there is, as far as what the future holds here, there, there is no planning for that, right? There are people, and again, as I mentioned earlier this morning, there will come a time to start discussing whether or not this football game should be continued. That time has by no means come. But, mm -hmm. but I would ask you, um, if, if there is anything that is being thought about beyond this, is there any further information that our audience should have beyond just the concern for the condition of DeMar Hammond? <clears throat> No, the league addressed it last night. It came up, and the league was very quick to dismiss it and say we're not even talking about or thinking about that right now, which is the correct stance right now. Obviously, all that matters is the condition of DeMar Hamlin. And look, we, we've seen other tragic, and I mean tragic, situations at other NFL games where ambulances have had to come onto the field. But I think what made last night so real and so vivid is that the day and age we're living in, with social media, with everybody watching, with this game being on national TV, on ABC and ESPN, and everybody tuned in. So yes, there have been other frightening, tragic circumstances that involve other players, and hopefully there will never be one ever again. But this one last night was so real and so vivid, and so many got to see it as it unfolded. And everybody wanted information right away as to how he was doing, and just to hear that he was okay. And so to me, that was the difference last night compared to some of the other situations that we've seen unfold over the years, 50 years back beyond that. Um, this was real time in a social media age, but the feelings for this particular individual are no different and everybody uh, was just pulling and praying for him. All right, Shefty, stay close. If there's any further information, of course, we'll come to you, Dan Graziano, our information man with us on our set all morning long. You were on that same conference call and have a lot of the same information. Is there anything that we should add here again as we await any news coming out of the hospital? Just to the extent that you, the question you just asked Adam about, you know, the potential for resuming the game, playing the game, uh, it was told to me this morning, like, that's not even a conversation either team wants to have right now, and that conversation can't really start until the players on the teams feel okay about having it, and that's probably not going to happen until they get some, some more information about DeMar Hamlin's condition. Which we do not at this time have. And, and what has been jarring to me, um, 
jarring is perhaps not exactly the right word, but as I have Dominique Foxworth here and Marcus Spears with us all morning as well, the two guys who played a long time in the National Football League and for whom this has been such a huge part of your life. You were not only a longtime player, but you were the president of the Players Association, and now here you are an analyst on ESPN. So this is basically your entire life has yep. been to some degree about football. This is a moment that... I suppose somewhere deep in the recesses of our minds, we all understand something like this could happen, but you don't ever expect it actually to. And in the moment that it does, it is, I will confess, very difficult to know exactly the right things to say. Yeah, I mean, we're going to say what we feel. And that's what I've been doing this morning. And like I, I've pivoted away from DeMar Hamlin specifically a number of times. And I'm, I was going to say I'm sorry, but I'm actually not sorry. Like I think that we've done a lot. Uh, we pay him a lot of respect, and we are obviously our thoughts are with him. However, as you mentioned, I was president of union. It was a formative experience of me for me, and it allowed me um, to learn a lot more about a lot of different players in this league. And and older players were retired, and current players at that time, and be exposed to to their experiences. And I think this Demar Hamlin situation is awful, and we should. Uh, pray for him if that's what you believe in and, and hope that things turn out well. But rarely do I get an opportunity on these shows to talk about the things that are truly important and to me. And this is one of those opportunities. So I'm not going to pass it up. And if you're uncomfortable with it, then again, I'm not sorry. I'm going to hold you down and make you look at this world because it's the world. Make you see what I see on a regular basis. And I played in a preseason game in Denver. After that game, Thomas Harrion was a, a, a player on the other team. He died in the locker room for the 49ers. Um, Damian Nash was a running back on the Broncos. Um, the following year, he had a heart condition and he died. Uh, we can talk about the council, countless older players who have CTE, and we can also talk about some of the recent players. Um, was it three months ago? A former player's wife called me, and I spent that night on the phone with her and on the phone with people at the union trying to get him help because he had locked himself in a house with a gun. And he's making these threats. So I, I, I bring this up and it may not seem like it's relevant to this particular incident, but it is to me because while we saw DeMar Hamlin have, and the people around him have their lives changed in that one moment, so many other of these players have their lives changed as a result of this game, but because it doesn't happen in a moment, y'all don't care. <laughs> and it would be awkward for me to come on, like last week, it'd be awkward for me to come on after a regular week of football and be like, hey, you know what? I was on the phone with a player who's obviously suffered from CTE last week. Um, how about Patrick Mahomes, throw the hell out of that ball? Mm. But this is a chance where we have an opportunity to make everyone, remind everyone that there is a price being paid, not just by DeMar Hamlin, but by all the players who have played the game and all the players who are playing the game. So while we enjoy the game and while we want to look for somebody to blame, we also need to understand that this game has a price and the people who are paying that price, uh, paying the, the um, lion's share of that price are the players and the families uh, of those players. And maybe me pivoting to talking about CBA negotiations, all that stuff is makes you uncomfortable. But I don't know how else we show people that we appreciate them in in this life, in this country, frankly, than uh, 
compensating them. So like, I, I, I know it feels weird and uncomfortable. However, I do believe that in a moment like this, I remember when Darren Williams, another teammate of mine who was a great cornerback, great young cornerback, and he had made it through some tough situations and he had two kids and a mother and he was on his way to a big contract that would have changed all their lives. He had done amazing things just by making it to the NFL. He was shot and killed and that trajectory was changed for all of them. And so somebody like DeMar Hamlin has been on a similar financial path and I don't know what happens going forward, but I do know that it's unlikely to, football is unlikely to have the life-changing effect on him and his family that it will for some other players. And that to me is also quite sad. So I, I, I don't know how eloquent I've been this morning. I hope we're doing the right by, by DeMar and we're talking about him as much as we can, but also I don't know when I'm going to get this opportunity again. And I think all of our players deserve to be cared about in and supported in the same way that we are gathering around DeMar Hamlin right now. Now, you have been more than eloquent, as always. I will remind everyone again, DeMar Hamlin, this is the update that I have on him medically. Suffered cardiac arrest. Heartbeat was restored on the field. He's in the hospital for further treatment. Is sedated and in critical condition. We don't know any more than that. We will not speculate any further than that, of course. Uh, Marcus Spears, again, it's an emotional morning for so many, not just... I, I've spent my whole adult life around guys like you. I, I, of course, I didn't play, so I don't understand it in the same tactile way that you do, but I certainly feel it coming from all of you guys. What thoughts do you have this morning? Well, I, I know what Foxy just said really resonated with me, and, yeah, it's a hard term when you're talking about life for DeMar Hamlin, but it also is a, a reality in which we deal with as players, and it's a reality that Foxy dealt with as the leader of the union. Look, look. This is not something that's ever going to be comfortable. Like, we don't need to try to make it that way. We yeah. don't need to try to give people a, 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 a perspective or a feel-good notion mm -hmm. about this. Nothing feels good about this. Um, I think the reality is, Foxy, when we see things like this, even for ourselves, you and I, like you said, the opportunity to talk about all of the things that you relate to this – I think even for ourselves, it's a reminder not to get too far away from what the sacrifice you're making to play this game really is. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people, and I've had these conversations, a lot of people say, well, y'all choose to play this game and you know the risk factors. Yeah, absolutely we do. But we don't ever think that when we go out there to be our last time on the field, even though we know that, and that doesn't dehumanize us from the fact that we fear certain things and when you look at the players last night on that football field, that was fear. That was shock. Yeah. That was fear. That was a reality that what I'm doing and what I've enjoyed doing for such a long period of time could end my life or it could change and alter the life of everybody that loves me or the people that's around me. And I'm one of those people that I think in context of what's after, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've been to a lot of funerals. I've, I grew up in the area where I lost friends and all of that. And the people that are left with the aftermath, or the people that are left to deal with situations of, of, of players being paralyzed and families and the things that they have to do 
to, to change and adjust and alter. I was talking to, to my wife about this last night as we were talking, and she was like, you know, babe, I used to pray for you every time you went on the field just to come home. I knew that you were dealing with injuries. I knew that you were dealing with things, but I just wanted you to be okay so you could be here to enjoy the things that our children would do, and you could be here to enjoy the relationship that we have and that we're in. And ultimately, for my wife, I realized through talking to her, her fear was more paramount than mine because I was in it every day, but she was watching me be in it every day. And it's a different type of, it's a different energy for the people that enjoy this process with you, that see you accomplishing your dream, that see the things happening in, in your life that you want to wanna have happen, but also in their mind, it's like, yeah, you're responsible for a lot of things that go on around here. But more importantly, I love you and I want you to be home and I want you to be safe. And when we get to these levels of retirement and we start talking about when guys are done with the game and we all talk about we'll walk away or we'll get cut or we'll get released. Foxy point is remember that these are human beings out there that are risking a lot to play a game that a lot of people enjoy. That's well said. We can get some medical perspective for you this morning, and we are very pleased to be able to do so. I uh, can welcome Dr. Jennifer Haith, who is a cardiologist and associate professor of cardiology at Columbia University. Doctor, thank you very much for waking up with us here this morning and sharing your insight. And I think there are football fans and beyond all over the country right now who are asking the same question, and that is, how could something like this happen? What is the closest we know to the answer? I mean, it's a great question. Uh, unfortunately, things like this do happen, luckily, very rarely in people this age. Uh, a, a, you know, a cardiac uh, arrest basically refers to the loss of cardiopulmonary circulation. Why this happened to this young man still is a mystery. We can speculate, which we prefer not to do, but usually uh, some kind of an arrhythmia precipitates uh, the heart stopping or not uh, providing blood flow well to the brain, uh, resulting in collapse. And CPR is crucial to restore blood flow to the brain. So how were doctors able to save his life, if, if indeed that is the appropriate way to describe it? We are told that they did get his heart beating again. I, I don't want to put any words into the mouths of anyone who said them, but that is, I believe, the information that we have. What, from your expertise, can you tell us you believe happened on that field? So it, it appeared that he had a very uh, significant blunt trauma to his chest during a tackle. Whether or not that was related to his cardiac arrest is unclear. There is a condition where that can happen if the trauma occurs at the exact moment in the cardiac cycle down to the millisecond. Very rare and uncommon, but could lead to the heart having an arrhythmia. Whether this young man had an underlying heart problem that uh, happened to manifest on the field that day. We don't know. Uh, but when he collapses and he needed CPR, that tells us that he lost his pulse. So CPR was administered. For every one minute that CPR is not administered, the chance of survival drops by 10%. So urgent CPR is essential and good CPR. So I just want to remind everybody and all your listeners that you really only need to learn how to do hands-only CPR to save a life. You don't need to do mouth-to-mouth. Um, good chest compressions can provide blood flow to the brain. And it sounds like they were able to restore some kind of a heartbeat for this young man. 
Putting a breathing tube in is very common and not surprising uh, in this scenario because if someone is uh, needing CPR, then they may not be breathing on their own. What to expect in the next few days will be uh, hard to predict and probably frustrating for friends, family, and uh, fans. It will take a while to determine whether or not this young man has any neurologic damage or other organ damage due to his downtime on the field. That was going to be my final question is as to to whatever degree you can answer this, what are the primary concerns going forward? I mean, really brain function. So the brain is exquisitely sensitive to uh, oxygen. And during uh, uh, cardiac arrest, obviously oxygen is not getting to the brain well. So urgent CPR can help provide that. Um, And then as soon as a breathing tube is put in, obviously they're going to be able to deliver oxygen well. Uh, so, in, you know, the, the next coming days will be about his brain, his end organs. They will probably focus on trying to regulate his temperature, his electrolytes, looking at his kidney function, his liver function. Some uh, institutions will cool patients who have had a cardiac arrest in order to drop the temperature and allow for better brain recovery. But the brain recovery can be slow. And, but sometimes we can be very surprised and it can be fast. So at this point, I think he's probably receiving excellent care, following all the guidelines, and hopefully he will have a swift recovery with uh, intact neurologic function. Dr. Jennifer Haith, again, from Columbia University. Doctor, thank you so much for your expertise this morning and for joining us here and shedding some light on this for our viewers. We very much appreciate it. With that, I'll take a short time out. We will continue in just a moment. You are watching Get Up on ESPN. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Back on Get Up on ESPN, I'm Mike Greenberg in New York, and our coverage will continue in just a few moments as we continue to monitor the events in Cincinnati. If you are just joining us, the latest update that we have medically on DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills came at 1.48 a.m. Eastern time, in which the Bills tweeted that Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in the game. His heartbeat was restored on the field. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. We will take you live to the hospital in Cincinnati in just a moment as our coverage continues. This is Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift today. That's Macy's.com slash gift We are back on Get Up, continuing our coverage of the events of last night during Monday Night Football in Cincinnati, where Buffalo's DeMar Hamlin collapsed after making a tackle in the first quarter of a game against the Bengals. The training staff immediately found him in cardiac arrest. They administered CPR and got his heart beating. He was ultimately taken from the field in an ambulance and transported to a Cincinnati hospital where he remains in critical condition. Our Ryan Clark was on SportsCenter last night shortly after it all happened. It's the most afraid I've ever been watching a football game. It was the first time that football, a game that so many, and I said it earlier, so many cliches are used about what you're willing to give this game. You know, we say, we hear guys always say, I'll die for this, or, you know, I'll give my life for this. We may have watched a player actually do that tonight. And I said this coming up the elevator that, Usually when you see a guy stand up, he stays up. We're talking about the most fit, the most physical, the most macho, the healthiest men in the world. And he takes what looks like a routine hit. Um, he falls back to the ground. And when you watch someone fall to the ground lifeless, that's different than seeing someone with head trauma. That's different than seeing someone who hurts their ACL. And when you see Cincinnati Bengals players and Buffalo Bills players all with tears in their eyes, all dropping to their knees and saying prayers, we are talking about men who have been conditioned to ignore injury. 
conditioned to ignore pain, conditioned to understand that if we watch one of our brothers fall, we can move the football up 10 yards and we're going to start the next play of practice. Or when we watch one of our brothers being carted off, we're going to start the ball and somebody's going to, going to blow a whistle and we're going to play again. There was no more playing again tonight, Eve. There, there, there was no more next play. Because for DeMar Hamlin, there may not ever be a next play. For DeMar Hamlin, they may not ever be another breath. These men tonight, in all their years of football, saw something they had never seen. And I heard Lisa Salters talk about what they had to witness. Everybody is going through this right now. Damar Hamlin's mother, Nina, had to come down out of the stands and ride to the hospital with her baby. Yeah, I know he's 24 years old, but it's never going to change what he means to her. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a cousin. This is about a homeboy. This is about a teammate. This isn't about a football player. The lives of DeMar Hamlin and his family, the lives of the Buffalo Bills, the lives of the Cincinnati Bengals are forever changed tonight in a split second. That's how fast it can happen. That was Ryan Clark last night. Our Coley Harvey is at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center this morning where DeMar Hamlin was taken last night. Uh, Coley, we checked in with you a little bit earlier today. What is the very latest? Uh, Greeny, the very latest is very similar to what I had for you earlier. And I, what I want to do is take you to a conversation that I had with someone who is a close family friend of DeMar Hamlin, who has been inside the hospital throughout the last several hours. And that friend in a conversation I had with him a very short time ago essentially told me the same thing that we do know, and that is that he is in, stable, he is in a critical condition. Excuse me for saying that uh, DeMar Hamlin is in critical con condition but that doctors are doing everything they can to figure out what the next step may be, what may come next. The family is waiting for that hour by hour update. They're doing the same thing that so many of us are doing, and that is trying to hear that positive news, that different news, that good news that we're still uh, having yet to, to hear. Uh, that being said, the scene here at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center is one that is, uh, has, I've had a hard time really digesting exactly how to describe what it's like compared to, to what we saw last night. And last night, you, I won't say it was a, an uplifting or celebratory atmosphere. It wasn't that. It was fans coming out, showing up to show their support, having a candlelight vigil. I saw a couple of dozen fans doing that uh, just a short way down the street from me where I'm standing right now. Uh, today we're not seeing that, and a large part of that is because of the rain. We've had bad weather all this morning. It's supposed to persist throughout the day. I still imagine at some point just seeing what we saw uh, last night uh, with the fans who did show up that, that that presence will change. I've seen a sign that's just hanging on the sidewalk in the, the mud and the rain that says, pray for Hamlin with his number three, and that's the sentiment that so many, as I said earlier, uh, are having right now. Coley Harvey live with us from Cincinnati. Thank you very much. And of course, if there's any further information, we will come back there immediately. We had a cardiologist from Columbia University on with us a short time ago who told us the next few days will be critical. So there may not be uh, immediate information here. Obviously, all of us want so quickly to know he's going to be OK, whatever the, that word is. And again, I was I found that sobering from Dr. Haith when she said the next few days will be critical. So this may be something that we have to wait some time to hear any further information on. We will wait and see. Damian Woody, of course, joins us here. This is a day for our family here. If you get up with us in the morning, then you're a member of this family. And Damian Woody is 
one of the most important members of this family. D. Wood, you played the NFL a really long time, and a lot of the players we've token, uh, I've spoken to this morning are just having difficulty processing everything that is going on here. What thoughts are going through your mind this morning? Well, uh, first of all, my thoughts and prayers go down to DeMar Hamlin's family, his mother, and, and everyone that, uh, that's affiliated with him. I know this is a trying time for him. Um, Greening, just to, you know, listen, last night, you know, I was watching along with millions of other people. I was watching with my wife and my, and my, and my youngest son, and, and, and when the whole thing just unfolded, um, I, I, like I was, in, I was in shock, and my wife had, my wife looked at me because she, she knew that this was something that, quite honestly, I had never seen before. And I was crying, and my son, my young son was like, Dad, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm just like, you know, I'm just, son, I'm just hoping that everything's going to be just fine. Because, again, you know, Ryan Clark spoke so eloquently about it. As a player, you know, we're conditioned to be gladiators out on the field. I've seen every, almost every injury known to man out there on the football field. And we're, we're, we're taught to just... Almost, you know, move the, you know, we take a couple minutes, then we move on and go back and start playing again. I've seen it in practices, I've seen it in games throughout my 12-year career. But in that moment in time, I was literally frozen. I was stunned. There was nothing, I was in shock. There was nothing I could do or say in that moment in time because I've never seen anything quite like that. And I knew watching, uh, watching the players' faces that something was definitely, it was worse than anything that we've ever seen on a football field before because, again, players are so conditioned to deal with, the, deal with these type of injuries that we see on the national football field week after week after week. And to see, the, you, know, the Josh, you know, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Tredavis White seeing the emotion pouring out of their, pouring out of their bodies as this whole scene was unfolding was, uh, I think it just let the whole world know that Players are humans. We're, we're, you know, we're not gladiators. We, we try to act like we're gladiators, but most importantly, we're humans. We have emotion, and all these guys are going to be traumatized for this, from this moment for the rest of their lives. It's going, this is something that guys have never seen before. And so moving forward, this is going to be a situation where, man, I, I just hope and, and pray that these guys you know, seek, seek the help that they can get because it's going to be hard to move forward from, from witnessing an incident like that. Absolutely. And we, again, all continue to hope that there is um, a comparatively happy outcome from this, which is to say that we do not have a further update on uh, the condition of DeMar Hamlin, and we certainly hope that there will be good news of that, uh, of some sort coming from that at some point here relatively soon. I, I will point out, I'm sure many sports fans may be tuning in this morning wondering about the game being rescheduled and all of that. And, Dan, as you and I have discussed Many times this morning, there will eventually come a time to have that conversation. That time has by no means arrived. That's correct. And, and you know, having, you know, being a reporter, you have to ask questions that, you know, that, that I've had to ask that question a couple times this right. morning. Uh, and the answers on the record, off the record, on background are all the same, which is this is not, no one's ready to have that conversation. That really, ideally, you'd get some good news. Right. And then the teams could process that and then start to think about uh, what's next. But they haven't. The Buffalo Bills flew home to Buffalo uh, last night. No current plans to go back to Cincinnati and play again. Again, we're, the, the condition of DeMar Hamlin and, and, uh, and his situation are first and foremost in everyone's minds. And I think it will remain that way uh, uh, until we get some sort of update. 
You know, and uh, you talk about organizational preparedness again, Mike Tannenbaum, you were a general manager, not just the medical piece of it, but how about the rest of it as uh, uh, Damian Woody is talking about the players seeking some sort of counseling, whatever it is they just um, experience. Like what sorts of things would you imagine are going on in a building today? So every team has a head team clinician. And over the last couple of years, there's been a heightened sense of awareness and support for mental health. And knowing the teams that I were with, you know, not only did we have the primary care person, but there were other people available. And, you know, Dominique eloquently put it really well before that, you know, some people want to be together, some want to be by themselves, Greeny. So with that said, I think that's what's going to be available to both the Bengals and the Bills today is probably some group sessions together with your head team clinician, but also the resources available if people want to talk to somebody one-on-one, and those are things that are provided uh, through the team and also the collective bargaining agreement. And uh, again, you know, not everyone's going to process this situation the same. We, we all understand that injuries are an enormously important, you know, they're a reality in pro football, and they always have been and they will always to some degree be. And we never involved ourselves in a situation like this because we've never seen anything like this. But my old partner on the radio, Mike Olick, always used to say that generally football players always think, well, that'll never happen to me. You see things happen to other players on the field, serious ones. We've seen other very frightening situations take place in the NFL, uh, albeit maybe not exactly like these. But that the mentality generally is, that's awful. It will not happen to me. Uh, That mentality, I mean, it's similar for all young people. You know, that mentality changes as you get older. And uh, I'm getting older and that mentality has changed for me. Whereas when I was playing was when like the CTE stuff started to get uncovered uh, while I was already playing. And I was like, "Ah, whatever, like I'm a little different. I take care of myself, whatever. Like it's never going to happen to me. Then I'm out of the league and players who played at the same time as me. I mentioned earlier that a few months ago I spent the entire evening on the phone with a wife of a former player because he played the same position as me and played about the same amount of time as me, had barricaded himself in the house with a gun. Fortunately, the outcome of that was, um, was fine. Like, it's not better, but it, it was fine. There was no terrible incident. But in this DeMar Hamlin situation, what strikes me is the suddenness of it, is we watched it happen, yeah. and the impact of it was immediate, and it's, it's very different from what we become accustomed to and kind of comfortable with, with football players. It's like, I I was thinking about Cynthia Mackey this morning, who is the the wife of John Mackey, great tight end for the Colts and the first president of of the union. And what she had to deal with as he got older, but there was no like big moment for us all to watch and see and care. But there's so many players that are carrying on these burdens and for, um, Hamlin, it feels like what happened, the impact is going to be felt so much more intensely by the people closest to them. And if you can imagine how like you felt as a fan or any of us in the media felt, and we're so far away from him, can you imagine multiplying that by being like his mother, his teammate? Someone like His that. mother in an ambulance with him last night, uh, taken to University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where, again, as you just heard from Coley Harvey, we are awaiting any further update on his condition. And as a cardiologist from Columbia University told us this morning, that information may not come quickly. This could be something where there are days, uh, the first few days she suggested, are the most important in his recovery. With that thought, we will take a short break here, and we'll continue our coverage this morning on a morning quite unlike any that 
any of us have ever had, maybe unlike any that we've ever seen in sports. This is Get Up on ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We continue on Get Up this morning after the events of last night in Cincinnati where Buffalo defensive back DeMar Hamlin fell to the ground almost immediately after making a tackle in the first quarter of a game between the Bills and the Bengals. The uh, training staff immediately administered to him, but they found him in cardiac arrest. They gave him CPR. They got his heart beating. Ultimately, he was taken in an ambulance to the University of Cincinnati Hospital, where he remains this morning in critical condition. Uh, Lisa Salters was leading our coverage of the events last night. We've seen players go down with head injuries before and uh, as horrible as that may sound we've grown accustomed to it seeing guys take hard hits uh, see them stay down for a little while get back up give the thumbs up and and that's all we were all hoping for was that that DeMar Hamlin was going to get up and that he was going to get on in that ambulance he was going to give us a thumbs up and we were all going to know that he was okay and, and and when that didn't happen I think this entire stadium was just devastated. I mean, I mean, right now, all I can really think about is, is that player, his teammates, just seeing the agony on their faces, the concern on their faces. They're scared for him right now, and they should be. Uh, we all should be. Uh, but to see them hugging each other, uh, down on their knees, praying for him, his coach, the other team, their head coach, those players, uh, just to see how much unity and and just unified concern that they all had for this young man. Uh, the emotion is jarring there. You can hear it from Lisa's voice and, and from everyone that is here. And again, it's hard to pinpoint the right way to say this, but football players, and you were one for a very long time, you just take into account, I'm going to get hurt. The, 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 the risk of injury is 100% in pro football. There are risks that you walk out there knowing that you are taking, but there is... There's something finite about that. That ends in a certain place. And last night went well beyond what any of us, and particularly those of you who play the game, are conditioned to expect. Yeah, there's a, a, a level. So, like, you don't assume any game that you're going to get hurt, even one of the routine injuries. You don't assume it, but you know over the course of your career something's going to happen. Every year, every season, something's going to happen to you. And those things linger. You end up having surgeries. You end up having all these things to, as a result of it. But at no point 
does it, while it's in the back of your mind, you know it's a possibility. At no point does it actually cross your mind that you're going to be the one, and if you're lucky, on a stretcher, holding your thumb up as you're getting carried off the field or on those carts off the field. Like, that seems like, <laughs> that like almost seems celebratory mm. now after we experienced what we experienced last night, and we're still experiencing it. Like, it's, we don't have the finality of a true prognosis. We're still waiting, and it, it, it's nothing that you can prepare yourself for, and, and I'm sure everyone understands how it feels because we're all feeling it to some degree. You know, D. Wood, that thumbs up, which uh, so frequently I, I've always interpreted it first and foremost to be a player signaling to his loved ones, wherever they may be, most of whom are probably watching on a television somewhere far away, uh, I'm okay, don't worry, everything is all right. But that, that thumbs up is a very significant thing to everyone involved during an injury. And the fact that we didn't get it last night was jarring, Damien. Absolutely, Greeny. And, you know, that's what guys really think about. And think about this, you know, for, and Dominic can attest to this as well, we as players spend more time together than our own families during the football yep. season. Okay, we, we spend more time in the locker room joking around, you know, you know, joking around, doing stuff, or going out to dinner, practice meetings, all that, t- all that type of stuff. So, man, you grow so close to these guys in the locker room, man, and when you see an incident like that happen, think about this. No, one, no, young, no young person, but no, no young player thinks about their mortality. You know, you know, playing football, you know, everyone, you know, everyone knows at some point, yeah, I'm going to get injured. I'm going to I'm going to battle through it and all that type of things. But what we saw last night, no play in that no player thinks about anything remotely close to what we witnessed last night. And so when you have something like that happen to family, because he's part of the brotherhood, he's family. Um, It's jarring for everyone. It's jarring for me. It's jarring for anyone out there who's played this game of football, man, and um, it's, uh, it's still hard to process, man. It, it really is. Even though I had a chance to sleep on it, it's, I'm still stunned by what I saw last night. So, Dan Graziano, my uh, information man, what, what information for those who were just waking up and, and they saw the events of last night, what are the things that we do know? There are so many things that we do not know. The list of things we do not know is far greater than the list of things that we do. What do we know? We know, we know via the Buffalo Bills statement that he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, that his heartbeat was restored by the medical professionals there. We know that, you know, I, I guess you can say, you know, fortunate to have something like this happen at an NFL game where, where you're able to get that kind of attention right away, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's going to happen... There are worse places for it because of the, the ability of, uh, of those teams' medical staffs to sort of swing into action uh, and, and get to a point where we're not talking about a worse outcome this morning. Um, we don't know a lot more. I, 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 they say he's in critical condition. I, I'm thinking about this. Like D. Wood just said he had a chance to sleep on it. I, I haven't. I was on a conference call with the NFL at midnight. I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I still don't know as much as I'd like to. Adam Schefter was on here uh, we would love to be able to give you good news, yeah. right? And, and, and hopefully soon that happens. But right now, and I think this speaks to the gravity of the situation, that, you know, to this point in the day, we haven't had any kind of update. Uh, thoughts with the young man's family who will get the information first and, and, and should, of course. You agree, just like Dan, like, I was checking my phone every couple hours last night. I think we're all accustomed to the critical yeah. but stable. You know, and we never got the but stable. And that is what's so stark about this situation is that, like, we don't know that he's okay. And, you know, it's, what, now, 14, 15 hours later. 
Yes, again, we had Dr. Jennifer Haith, a cardiologist from Columbia, on earlier today who used the word days. Um, and again, with football injuries, we're so accustomed to having information quickly. She right. said the next few days are critical. So it may very well be that there is no further information today. If there is, we certainly will continue to cover it here. I'll take a short break. I'll remind you that First Take comes up following us. And first and foremost, and the only thing we'll be covering today, will be the condition of this young man uh, as we provide for you whatever information we can. All of us, our thoughts are with Damar Hamlin and his family. As we continue, we'll take a short break, and we're back in just a moment. This is Get Up on ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. As we wrap up our program today, uh, I can tell you that in 2020, DeMar Hamlin, a young man from Pennsylvania who went to Pitt, became a sixth-round pick in the National Football League and has been playing for the Buffalo Bills, started a GoFundMe to purchase toys for children in his community. His initial goal was to raise $2,500. It has now garnered more than $3 million in donations. The news that we have is that he remains in a hospital in Cincinnati. We do not have a further update on his condition from what we had shortly before 2 a.m. this morning, that he is in critical condition. But, of course, we will continue to follow that, and if there is any further information, you will receive it here. Thank you for getting up with us. We will see you tomorrow. First Take starts now.